This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Chelsea Fancast and a redoing, as it were, of uh, of our old love sport radio shows that we used to do on a Friday night at 7 o'clock, which we thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed uh, until uh, they all got mothballed um, pretty much at the beginning of this, uh, this old lockdown and coronavirus thing. But uh, as it's the new season and as uh, me and Jonathan and the assembled Motley Crews on the Monday night show Basically, we're all too old to be doing three and a half hours of content. So I thought, well, why don't we just bring the Friday night show back? And that is exactly what we're doing tonight. And of course, I it, it, the show would not be the show without Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Oh, Chidge, I'm flattered. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Lovely to be on it. Yeah. I love to be on it with the esteemed Mark, Mark Meehan, who is the other guest. I've given the game away. No, Sorry. Well, you can introduce Mark then. Go on. Uh, and uh, the fantastic... Um, uh, memory man himself, great knowledge of games and uh, um, and Chelsea events that I have completely forgotten. It's Mark Meehan. Lovely to have him on. Lovely to be on, JK. Thank you very much for that kind introduction. And good evening, Chidge, as well. Yeah, you too, mate. It's uh, twi- twice in a week. People will start to talk. Uh, what, what, I, what I would say is we don't, of course, have Matt Beadle or Johnny Burrow or even Aaron, if you remember Aaron back in the day. Loved uh, them, loved them all. All, all excellent, excellent uh, hosts of the evening. But uh, instead, it's um, it's YouTube. Yeah. So therefore, things have improved immeasurably, obviously, because <laughs> I'm a Chelsea fan, unlike any of that lot. Uh, yes, anyway, uh, just to give you a quick heads up on what we're going to talk about, we are we are going to have a quick uh, look back at the uh, the Spurs game because I mean, really, what this is, it's a bit of a preview show. So really, it's our reason for being here is to talk about the Palace game tomorrow. But I thought, well, you know. It's also an opportunity to pick up on uh, all sorts of other news that we've had in the week, and I suppose the Spurs game is counted in that. 
Uh, we will have a bit of a news roundup. As I said, we'll be talking about the Champions League draw, which came out uh, yesterday uh, with lots of teams I've never heard of before and Sevilla. Um, and of course, we will talk about the Crystal Palace game. Amongst all of that, of course, the press conference was today, so we'll be talking about that. We'll have the ever so lovely uh, Chris Hambling. Uh, who is the presenter of a podcast called Back of the Nest. He's one of our old Love Sport chums. As you remember, Love Sport was replete with uh, you know football club podcasts done by fans. So we used to get him on the show quite a lot. So we're going to kind of start doing that. So opposition view with Chris. And then we will tell you how many goals we think Chelsea will beat Crystal Palace by right at the end. So don't miss that. But uh, as I said, we're going to kick off uh, with the Spurs match. Um, bizarrely, gents, another another game of two halves. Um, you know, I but personally, I thought we did all right in the first half, and it all went to shit in the second. And uh, ultimately, it was a, another defensive error that cost us. J.K. Mister Emerson, step forward, please. Um, yes, I'm slightly disturbed to uh, to discover that due to uh, uh, Marcus Alonso's row with uh, our esteemed manager, he looks as if. Um, he won't be picked regardless of how competent he is. And he doesn't seem to be playing terribly well at the moment defensively. So uh, instead of which we had Emerson Palmieri, who um, doesn't fill me with great... Um, he fills uh, you He fills you with theory. He fills me with theory. Emerson yes. Palmieri, he fills you with theory. Of course, he was only on because, uh, you know, understandably, Frank was resting Chilwell. I told you, look, didn't I, on Monday, he's doing yeah. 30 minutes, 60 minutes for 90 yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But is this is I, I'm presuming this is advice advice from all the uh, the fitness experts. But you know, w- once again, um, we come from an era where you, you bought the best players and then you put them on the pitch. And you kept playing them and uh, and just hoped they would somehow fit in, as opposed to giving them little bits of which is of uh, of, of, of what you're going to say. Well, I was going to say which is why all footballers that we know over the age of forty limp. That's <laughs> right. They've got dodgy knees. Exactly, yeah, mate. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Exactly. You're right. But I know it's such a shame because uh, I, I, I mean we keep going on about it. I don't think the um, th- these players that he puts in um, are going to be with us much longer, and I don't think they're good enough. And um, uh, yeah, uh, Emerson was at fault for the goal, uh, but it, uh, the goal looked inevitable in the second half because, as you said, Chidge, a huge game of two halves, and it was just a question of how on earth are Chelsea hanging on because they just the um, they, the second half performance was a kind of passive supine kind of thing that I didn't think we did anymore and particularly it being against Spurs which uh, I know it's behind closed doors and you can't get wound up for it but that was one of the uh, the second half was possibly the worst um, less passionate less um, wound up performances I've seen against Tottenham over the last 25 years 30 years and it was unbelievably depressing to watch that and I I will I'll go on about this, but I I don't understand. Um, I I'm, they 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 keep saying all the time that it's early in the season and they haven't had enough chance to play. Even Chilwell gave an interview dis- discussing this, and I get it. I get what's happening, but I still don't understand why he's not trying to play the way he played at Derby and the way he played at the beginning of last season, where the passing was immaculate, the speed was immaculate, tore defenses to shreds. And everybody was infusing about him as a manager. And we now seem to be playing a kind of halfway house that doesn't seem to do either. I, 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 I'm going to stand by this. 
Absolutely. Now, the first thing I want to say, actually, because I mean, you know, what I'm going to stand by, I should tell you, shouldn't I, really? But yeah, good idea. I didn't you know, know what you're... we are only a few matches in. It is still Indeed. quite free- preseason mode. He hasn't assembled his first team, so I think you cannot sit there. And I mean, you can sit there and say, I don't understand what's going on, but I think you need to have some context around that, which is what I'm providing to give. Now, I want to bring Mark in because I think there's a point that's related to this. I waffled on a bit. I no, that's all right. You're, 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 you, Johnny, I, I would, Jonathan, I wouldn't have you any other way. You know that. Um, very quickly, what's the mug you're drinking out of tonight? It's a Chelsea mug. I can't see it because I've got Mixler in front of the thing. So that it's way, a bit, that way, other way, other way, other way, other way. Oh, it's lovely. Official. Well, it is. It's just, it's just the crest. It's Official. blue with the crest. It's very nice. Yeah. It's a nice yeah. mug. Uh, Mark, um, the thing that occurs to me, I mean, I, th- I agree with Jonathan, actually. I thought we were, really were quite poor in the second half. But I tell you what I did think. I thought we looked leggy. I thought the legs had gone. Do you think there's... You know, I mean, that kind of adds a bit of credence to what Frank's saying about the pre-season-y nature of it all at the moment. It was a strange second half, I have to, I have to say. I, I see your point about being leggy. It was like almost the reverse of the game at West Brom. Really good first half, um, happy at half time, confident about the second half. And it was just, uh, there was just nothing in the second half. You know, we were flat. And I, I, I did make the point the other night, it was early in the season, I'm patient, I'm tolerant. But it was just so frustrating because... It's Tottenham. It's a cup game. And I know, yeah, we weren't in the stadium. But, you know, I really don't know why we were so poor in that second half. And you were just hoping we'd hang on and just get through the 90 minutes. And then they obviously got the late goal, was it about 10 minutes ago when Lamella scored? Uh, And as soon as that happened, I thought, oh, it's going to penalties now. And, you know, we're going to lose on penalties. It was just so disappointing. I really can't figure out what happened in that second half because it was such a good first half. In comparison, you know, a cracking goal, wonderful goal, wonderful, absolutely, absolutely check out. Really good goal from Werner. He was playing well. The defense looked sound. Okay, yes, you'd always play Alonso against Tottenham. He's just got the voodoo sign over him, and he's unfortunately fallen out with the manager. But even that aside, we were comfortable at half time. We could have been more than one nil ahead. Tottenham just didn't give me any cause for concern, and yet that woeful second half, where as you say. We just flatlined. There was nothing there. Very disappointing second half. And going out of what, in our predictions at the start of the season, I predicted we'd win, we'd win the Carabao Cup. So that's my first prediction out the window. Oh, D- Dean will be licking his lips uh, with the knowledge of that, Mark, already. He's, he's taking tally for this season about our crazy-ass predictions. Um, I think what I, I would also say, you know, it, it's very easy to... Uh, pinpoint uh, Emerson, who was at fault for the goal. I don't think there's any real question about that. Um, but the thing is, JK, something I've said on this show for you know a long, 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 long time, if you do not put your chances away, you get punished. And, and we had two, what I would have thought were pretty clear chances that we squandered in the second half, which, which would have put that game to bed, didn't we, JK? It was that terrible moment where, um, where Mount, who I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm so fed up with all these people getting at him. And uh, uh, he, he looked a bit, it, there wasn't really an, an environment for him to impress in the second half, and I felt for him. But he had this one moment when we actually um, r- he ran away with it, and all he had to do was just lay Werner in, and it would have been an obvious goal. And he, he got the timing wrong. Um, that was one of the main ones. But um, the the uh, the thing is, I think if if these things all go in, it was like at the West Brom um, game. If the 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 hitting the bar and 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 Abraham Tammy Abraham missing if they both gone in we'd never have we wouldn't be having any of these discussions no, exactly. about what's going wrong 
it, it, it's the it's such fine margins that but the better teams will have scored will score those goals and and there's such glaring misses and glaring mistakes that of course um, the certain players get attacked particularly if they've set their own standards this is the problem with them I find is that they're they play so well in certain games and then they're not quite on it in the next one. They've almost set themselves up. You know, what we're after is the, the consistency of the top player who is, you know, is 90% or uh, nearly every game. So we just go, they're a top player. It's all working. And then the teamwork all works. So, uh, but it, at the moment, it's those little things that go wrong. And the, consequently, the other team um, get a passage of play where they either score or they get confident and and we seem to go into our shells a bit. Um, and I, it, it was I can't remember what the other what was the other obvious um, chance we had in the second half, Chidge. I can't remember now. I can't the remember Mount, the, the Mount one was Mount the first. Pass to Werner was an obvious one, but I can't remember. I mean, look, the reality is, I think what you just said there is is a really good point, J.K. And I mean, one of the things I think that that we forget, Mark. I mean, we look at these players. And Jonathan's right, you know, they have excelled on on occasion or they've come in here with big reputations. But I think, you know, it's it's still very true to say uh, that this is still very much a team in development. I mean, if you if you look back at some of our great teams of the past, even they took a while to get going. You know, Drogba was wasn't that good when he started. Frank was pretty rubbish when he started for us. They took a year or two and then suddenly all at the same time, they they became exactly the kind of players that JK is talking about. You know, they had a, they were always seven or eight out of ten every week. And what we're getting at the moment with these younger players, I think, or the players that are just trying to settle into the side, is sometimes they can be an eight and sometimes they can be a four. And I think it's going to take time for them to really settle into some consistency. Yeah, I would agree. And I think it comes back to the thing I was saying the other night as well. We keep chopping and changing the side as well. And I really don't think that helps. I think you get your consistent team. And as much as you can, you stick with it. Yes, you can rotate, you know, for other you know, other games like Europe or, or, or such like. But, yeah, we've got people in and out of the team. They're only in for one game. They're only in for two games. So it's hard to get in that run of form. And I think with any player, and we saw it at the start of last season, why it was so promising at the start of the season is Frank could only really pick one side almost. So for that first part of the season, it was pretty much the same or similar side every week. Where because, of course, Conte was injured then, wasn't he, at the beginning of the exactly, season? Yeah. So, so you had a completely injured, different kind of setup. And the midfield was very different. Where we, and Pulisic was playing from the beginning as well, wasn't he? As well, so the what? speed from the wings, and he had two wingers. So it is true he didn't have the same players. Sorry to interrupt you, Mark. That's okay, J.K. Yeah, yeah. So, so we are missing certain players, but I, I would sort of say, you know, it is still a side in progress. You know, Zayic still isn't there. Pulisic, I don't know if he's fit for tomorrow. So it will probably look different in a few weeks. But again, it's still that sort of frustration. It's mm. Tottenham, the cup. You know, if that had been Burnley, you know, maybe they'd knocked us out. Would we probably bothered? Not as much so, shall we say? Well, I mean, the the other thing is, you know, Liverpool got knocked out by Arsenal this week. Nobody's nobody's wetting their knickers about that in the media. So you know, it does put things into context. I'm um, just very very quickly because we, we I do want to move on in a minute. Um, I mean, you know, Mendy had an excellent debut. I thought I like the look of him. It's lovely to see a keeper coming out and dominate the area, which is what we've been crying out for. Werner, as we said a minute ago scored a cracking goal and you know the penalties were all good and I mean poor old Mason Mount you know who I mean I'm not sure actually maybe one of you two can I I, I hate watching penalties so I didn't have my full concentration on it but either he hit the post and it went out or it was saved by Lloris JK can you remember? 
It wasn't saved by Lloris. I thought it hit the top of the frame. He was just trying to hit it right into the top of the left-hand yeah. corner. He hit, he hit the post. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he missed, and I mean, I, ha- I mean, I, I'll talk about this later when we talk about the press conference. But you know, the abuse of him—I'm very sad to say—was wholly expected uh, and totally unwarranted. Mark. Yeah, I'm really disappointed again that you know the same people again—they come online. You know, you know. I think I saw a picture of someone set up a target you know, with him. You thought, know, what is the matter with these individuals? Are they 13-year-old boys? You know you know locked in their rooms got nothing better to do you know he was our best player at the weekend against West Bromwich Albion uh brave enough to t- t- take the fifth penalty uh, other players who didn't take penalties could have done so and why he gets abuse you know and I just thought as soon as it happened I thought here we go go on to Twitter which I didn't bother because I could just see what was going to happen yeah uh, and again, I think the best thing that can happen tomorrow is Frank plays him and he scores the winning goal and shuts them all up. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. Actually, I was talking to Martin. I, we, we were all, we were all on Twitter, as you uh, not Twitter. We were. It's actually interesting, isn't it? We all grav- we've all gravitated towards our WhatsApp group rather than Twitter, and it was quite interesting the discussions going on there. Martin Wickham has some very interesting theories about uh, the Twitter abuse. They're fantastic, Chidge. Yeah, they are brilliant. We we should voice them at some stage. We might do. I, I quite I, like the I fact that they're, they're really li- interesting. I really interesting stuff. I quite like the fact that they're secret tapes. Uh, so there you go. Our own little private club it must be like being back in the hospitality section for you really you know just a, a few rarefied people to talk to of a match yeah, there's no smoked salmon though okay i'll try and bring some next week all right <laughs> good, um, now um talking of uh, we should, i think a little less smoked salmon and more uh, caviar really uh, we've got the news round up next and the first item on the agenda is the champions league draw which uh, was unveiled yesterday we've got severe Krasnodar, who are from Russia, apparently. I have absolutely no idea where from. And, of course, predictably, we've got uh, we've got Wren, who, as we know, Petr Cech used to play for. And, of course, we've just nabbed uh, Edouard Mendy from. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, y- y- the funny thing with the Champions League draw, you know, I, when you go into it, you think... I mean, I'm always very conflicted. On the one hand, you think, please don't get too many good sides because we want to get through. And on the other hand, I mean, the old days, of course, it doesn't apply now because none of us can bloody go. But I'm always like secretly hankering for, oh, it'd be fun to get Real Madrid. We haven't played them for years. It'd be great to see them at the bridge, that kind of thing. And you're also thinking of, oh, yeah, Sevilla, great away trip. Oh, a bit of sun in Spain, Krasnodar, a bit of weirdness in Russia. And Ren always a nice little hop over the channel. So, you know, it's really mixed feelings, this draw for me, because of the fact that we can't go. But on a purely footballing front, Mark, I mean, I would say we've done all right there in that draw. Uh, I think that's a good draw. Uh, I think if you look at the three sides, um, Krasnodar is their first time, I think, in Europe. Um, and all those sort of Twitter jokes that we were only formed in 2003, they were only formed in 2008. <laughs> so they, they've only been going for 12 years. So for them to be in the Champions League after 12 years formation, all, all credit to them. I've no idea where in Russia Krasnodar is. Um, is, it, is it pronounced Ren or Rene? Um, Rene? No, 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 yeah, yes, it, it, it's, it's hello, it's, hello. It's like hello, hello. No, it's yeah. it, it, it's Ren. 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 So I'm not sure if Ren have been in the Champions League before because no, the usual suspects are like Marseille, PSG, and Monaco. So and Etienne. And, and so, yeah, so it's a good draw for us, I think. Uh, and I think that's the frustrating part about it as well. You you've hit the nail right on the head. 
if that draw had come out this time last year, you'd sort of think, wow, there's three good trips there. Yeah. You would. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, that, what's that, what's happening? Are they doing it in the in just one one central area again? Are they doing it? Is that what what's happening? Or we're we're not going to travel to their I ground? Think we are. I think we are. No, no, it, it's, it's, it's the normal thing, JK. Yeah, it's the six games. It's the group stage. Yeah, so home and away. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. Right. I thought they might just have it that they would, they would, they would have them in, in a in a central, you know, uh, like they did with Portugal, like they did with the latter stages of the Champions yeah. League. But I suppose it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And the competition in the group clearly is going to be Seville. You know, they've been very good in the Europa League in the last few years. I think they own it now. They've won it so many times. And they've just got back Rakitic from Barcelona. He's rejoined them. And I know he's getting on a bit, but he is a very good player. So he'll, he'll, be, in the, he'll be in their midfield. And I was just checking today. Um, their goalkeeper for Seville is called Bono. Is he? Yeah, you too. Let's hope he doesn't sing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and I think the right back, uh, uh, Ren or Rene, is called Brandon Soppy. What a yeah. soppy tart. Soppy by name, soppy it's by name. It's brilliant, yeah. isn't it? So it could be quite fun. I mean, you know, these are all starting quite soon. I mean, it's just mental, isn't it? You know, because we're going to have two games a week, I think, pretty much all season, um, which is going to be, I think, again, has has relevance for what Frank has to say or what he had to say in the press conference today. Um, Krasnodar are, are basically in su- from southern Russia, by the looks of it, and they have played six games in the Champions League. They've won, won three and lost three. Uh, they're much. They're basically, uh, you know, big Europa League merchants. They've had a lot of experience in the Europa League, and I mean, in in a sense, this has got a Europa League feel to it because, as we all know, Sevilla will obviously be trying to finish third so they can go back and win the Europa League again. <laughs> um, I mean, look, it's interesting, isn't it? My guts, like you said, uh, Mark, when when the draw came out, was that oh, that's that's a that's a that's a good draw for us. You know, we've avoided any of the big boys. Um, but it was very interesting. I was listening to Andy Brassel on TalkSport, JK, and Andy Brassel's one of the European experts. Uh, and actually, I don't know if anybody's ever listened to this, but I quite often listen to Trans-European Express because I quite like Danny Kelly because, you know, for TalkSport, he's quite a decent broadcaster. And he does get some really, really knowledgeable people on in, in, vis-a-vis European football. Um, and anyway, Andy Brassel was saying, well, this is not as good a draw for Chelsea as you might think. So these teams are not as, as, as Mickey Mouse as you think they are. Uh, Sevilla are, are a decent team, actually. And uh, Krasnodar going there whenever we have to play them is not an easy away trip, as we know. So as ever, we're going to have to be quite watchful, I think. Well, I, I, I never think any of these ties are, are that simple. I always think we do very well if we win away. Uh, it depends on the... The metal of the of the Chelsea side, isn't it? Depends. He's gonna is he gonna try and play the best team? Is he what what setup is he gonna play? We're 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 in the dark about this. Um, uh, and what you know what 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 is the opposite? What do the opposition do? We know very little about them. So, uh, you know. bottom line is, I think it's a much better draw than we had. Uh, you know, last year, if you think about it, Valencia and Ajax in the same group is is. You know, well, we came up. We came up to the uh, the plate, as it were, against we Ajax we we last indeed. year. We did but, indeed. Um, I, I, it, this is. I really don't know how this team is going to play at the moment. I mean, I, you would hope by then that Zayech is is fit and has an opportunity to weave his magic, and uh, and that they gel better, and that the, and we and he works. Are they going to buy another person in the transfer window um, defensively? 
um, uh, we're, we're still we're still very much in the dark as to exactly what team we're going to end up with at that stage. Well, so let's it's let's let's really difficult to predict. Let's you know? talk about that because there has been some interesting activity this week on the transferry loney type front. Uh, first of all, Barkley's gone to Villa. Uh, apparently, Ruben Loftus Cheek is still in play, but I think the issue with Loftus Cheek is the fact that his wages are scaring a lot of possible clubs uh, away in terms of learning them out. There's lots of rumours abounding that Rudiger is either off to PSG or Spurs. There's still rumours bubbling around that Jorginho might go to Arsenal. Uh, Alonso's apparently off to Inter. Um, and of course, you know, the Rice uh, from West Ham rumours haven't, haven't disappeared yet. Um, let's deal with what we absolutely do know first, chaps. First of all, Barkley's going to Villa. I, I feel a bit conflicted about that, Mark, because I, I think we've we've said it on the show. I think Barkley can be a really useful squad player for us. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, he's a bit of an enigma, Ross Barkley, for us. You know, one good game, one bad game. But when he plays well, he plays well. And I think that cup game um, against Liverpool last season, and he rounded it off with a goal. He, he had a fine game. But then flip it over and have a poor game. We'll be invisible at every pass goes to the opposition. I think it's good for Ross Barkley. Uh, I think it sort of strengthens his English England chances because he'd be playing regularly. Uh, I think it's a good buy for Villa. Yeah, they, that's a good acquisition, and I think he'll do well beside Jack Grealish. But yeah, mixed emotions on that one. He he would have got football with us this season. He, he'd have played played a lot of games. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see on it. And then the others, I think, who knows? As we said the other night, someone's going to leave. It'll be plural. Who that will be, where they will go to, I think we have to wait and see. There's only a few more days left in the transfer window. I wouldn't rule out even Loftus Cheek staying, you know, just because they won't get the deal over the line, you know. But I think Rudiger will definitely go. I think Alonso will definitely go. And then we have to wait and see who comes in. I think uh, after the last couple of games, and I don't know if he's out there, but we probably need a real leader or a psychopath in midfield. We need Graham Souness. That's that's a, the Graham Souness modern day equivalent in our I'd, midfield. I'd take him now, mate. I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he can still kick people. Doesn't have to run far. Um, can point. He's a very good pointer. I've been told. Even now. Uh, do you know what? I mean, joking aside, I've got to be honest. I, I loved Graham Souness as as a footballer. I absolutely loved him. And uh, you know. I don't know why I've always been attracted. I mean, you and you, you and me, J.K. We're like yin, yin and yang. You know, you like all these kind of airy fairy farty players. <laughs> I like I like blokes who exude sheer violence on a football pitch. And and Suey was the abs- and you know what the funny thing is he's he's a he's a pussycat. I interviewed him when he was the Newcastle manager, and spent half an hour taking the piss out of his curly perm and saying, "Was it real?" And he was he was like a pussycat. He was really playful. He was lovely. He's a good, he's a good pundit, isn't he? So I think so. Yeah, yeah. He's fair. He's very fair. Yeah. He doesn't. Um, he's not actually of of the Liverpool lot. He's not the uh, the kind of um, uh, uh, completely one sided. Not uh, brainwashed. In, no, indeed, indeed. Yeah. He has I, to be as objective as possible. I like that. I used to bump into him on Winchester Station quite a lot because he used to live nearby when he was because he was the manager of Southampton for a while. But anyway, we digress. J.K., what what do you think of? I mean, Barkley to Villa. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, Mark thinks that Rudiger's definitely off and Alonso is off and. You know, half of my brain says brilliant, you know, because they're not good enough. But I'm, I'm, I'm just, I don't know. Again, I'm mixed about this. Where do you stand on all of this? Um, I'm pleased that they're going. I mean, I think that for the club to improve, that's the type of player we don't want to have anymore, because they make too many errors. Rudiger, and, uh, Alonso, Barkley, Emerson. I'm afraid. I, yeah. I, I don't get the Emerson situation. I think 
I think possibly that he really has fallen out in a big way with Frank Alonso, because at least we always know that despite being a bit of a liability defensively, if he ever plays the the three four three, um, Alonso is plays out of his skin. He's a really is a fantastic wing back, really that way, and uh, um, as befits the number of great goals he's scored and the free kicks and. Um, uh, you almost feel it if he, he's such a liability, you need somebody else to defend for him because he, he just performs so well in that setup. Whereas, uh, as we as we've noticed in the last few games, he just makes he's just not there. He just misses marking people. So perhaps he needs to leave. But surely Emerson is not the replacement because to, for me, he, he as a, as during the week out of position, doesn't mark people, passes the ball back too much, has not, once again, he's an example of somebody who will play well one game and everybody goes, oh God, he's great, he's the man to play, and then plays three times and is really average, worse than average. It's not good enough to wear a Chelsea shirt for me. And the same with Barkley, who I agree completely, had moments where you'd go, come on, come on, Ross, play as well as this, we love it, that's great, that was a really great moment. But then we'll be caught in possession and give the ball away to in a situation where the opposition score, which is a complete regular habit, which once again, you cannot do if you're aspiring to be top four all the time or even top two. So, you know, it, once again, it goes down to this aspect of elite players. If Frank's aspiration is going along with these players he bought, he's bought, who are supposed to be really top banana, um, and that's what he wants, and he wants that setup to happen, by all means, let's get rid of Barkley. Yes, absolutely right. Because he makes too many errors that can possibly give goals away. So I'm 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 very pleased with that. My fear, of course, is that we're going to still have Bakayoko and drink water. For goodness sake, they'll just be hanging about taking ridiculous wages. And um uh and 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 we may have to be absolutely frank about this, that that that, that Ruben is just at the moment is and what's happening in training is just not doing it so perhaps um uh going out on loan is exactly the thing for him but it's all about making this into a fantastic team that's well, what i think i think after. i think you know if barkley goes well he's gone so gone I mean, yeah. know, the fact that barkley's gone you know might mean that loftus cheek is will get more games and and the thing is what he needs is games i think actually it's a real shame that we've been booted out of the caribou cup because it would have been a perfect it would have been you know i mean i think we're all desperate to see loftus cheek get his mojo back and get his fitness back but anyway that will run and run um there is some other news this week which is really really sad so i'm sorry to bring you all down uh, as we're having such a fun time uh you know doing the um, doing the show, but uh, really sad news yesterday for any anybody like us who who goes to Chelsea, you know, week in week out, home and away. Uh, we lost one of our own yesterday. A really sad day. Um, the lovely Woody uh, Andrew Wood, who um, you know, as I said, used to go to Chelsea home and away. One of the most, I mean, the larger. Lo- you you will not find many people who are more larger than life than Woody. Uh, and he sadly died uh, yesterday of a heart attack, age 33. And I tell you, you know, the outpouring of uh, grief on Twitter is palpable uh, because, as I said, you know, he, he just knew everybody. Everybody knew who he was. I would see him when I, whenever he turned up. I'd see him at the stall with a great big grin on his face. Um, just a lover of life and loved Chelsea, breathed it as passionately as anybody I know. So a huge, huge tragic loss. Um, there is... Um, I'm delighted to say there is already a, a Just Giving page that uh, 
has uh, has come up to support. I mean, basically, he's got a wife and two young kids. In fact, you know, Woody used to bring his kids to the matches as well, and they were hilariously great fun too. Uh, but there's a Just Giving page to set, uh, being set up so that we can donate some money to Woody and his family uh, in their hour of need. Um, I'm just trying to think the best way to do it. Do you know what? I'll tweet the link out on Chelsea Fancast later. I mean, there are plenty of people tweeting it around, but if you do see it, if you can spare a few, you know, a few quid uh, or something like that, it would all help them in their hour of need, as I said. Uh, but other than that, um, rest in peace, Woody. You are you are really, really much missed, mate. Mark? Well said, Chiz. Well said. And again, you know, that's the beautiful side of Chelsea Twitter today. You know, you see the sort of lovely comments and tributes people have put to Woody on there. And again, like many Chelsea fans, I knew him, but, you know, I didn't know him. He wasn't what you'd call a friend, but you'd know him from going to Chelsea. You'd see him, you'd say hello to him, and you'd know him from the stall. You know, and again, when you, you start seeing the photos and the videos going up today, some beautiful tributes on there, really seeing a great side of the, the Chelsea Twitter Archie. And again, just before I came on tonight, yeah, I had a look at the Just Giving page. Lots of familiar names in there. And the good friend of the fan cast, Jason Cundy, you know, just as I'd logged on, yeah, he'd made a sort of a contribution as well. So it's really, it's really sort of captured people's sort of like, you know, hearts and minds today. So, yeah, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Really good tribute to you, you know, RIP Andy. Yeah, it's very sad. It's always sad when we lose somebody we know, but I think particularly when they're as young as Andy was, 33 is absolutely no age. And as I said, he was just such a phenomenally hilarious character. I mean, he, he, you I know, wish I'd met him. I never met him, Chidge. No, well, as I said, larger than life, you know, if you found him, you know, if you went to Europe in a way, he would have already taken over a bar on his own, be leading the singing on his own. I mean, he's just a, a huge personality and a massive lover of Chelsea and of life and it's just absolutely beyond tragic and as I said I know I know a lot of people that I know on social media are, are really just totally gutted by this as you can imagine but it was uh, a phenomenal outpouring actually yeah well yeah. It, well, well deserved uh, obviously you know it's his family I feel for so um, bless bless their hearts too um anyway on that sad note we're going to move on uh, as we have to do uh, and we are going to start talking about the uh, Palace game which uh, kicks on tomorrow JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. (laughs) It's all too much. (laughs) I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? 
Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, right, so welcome back. Um, obviously, uh, the Palace game tomorrow. Uh, and uh, they had a press conference today, as they all always do. Um, there's a few things that came out of the press conference that were, that were quite interesting. Um you know, one of which I was pleased to see, which was, you know, Frank uh, was asked about Mason Mount and the abuse online that he was getting. And Frank was effusive in his support uh, uh, of uh, of Mason Mount, as you would have expected him to be. Um, the other thing was, uh, which I thought was interesting, was the fact that he talked about that need for perspective. And, and, and I mean, you know, all week we've had this ridiculous uh, criticism and arguments going on about backing frank or not being able to criticize frank and this that and the other and i think he he did put it in perspective it's three matches into the season he he brought up the pre-seasony nature of it again the fact that you know he feels very strongly that we will improve when we've had you know been able to play all of the new signings and they have gelled and that you know we did beat brighton we did come back from 3-0 down against west brom and not many sides do that we did get beaten by, uh, by liverpool with 10 men you know it, it stopped panicking people, I think is what he was saying. And I think he had a lot to say about that. He kind of brought up something that um, JK mentioned as well, which was that need for uh, stability and having a, a, you know, a consistent centre-back pairing, which he kind of agreed with, but also said, well, obviously, you know, if you get injuries and stuff, that all, all changes. And uh, he talked about uh, the riff he had with Alonso. And obviously he played a straight bat with that and said pretty much, you know, um, he's got every right to ha- have a go at anybody, really. But, but basically, we all need to be together. And his his problem with Alonso was the fact that he kind of, you know, didn't have that team ethic in that moment. And the one other thing that he mentioned that was quite encouraging was Billy Gilmore is progressing well and should be fit in four weeks. Um, now, to pick up on the Alonso issue in that, JK, before we leapt off for a break, you were quite keen to talk about uh, I mean, let's be honest. It is in the Daily Express. So, with that caveat, would you like yeah, to? Yeah, sorry about that. You would, you, would you like to opine? Uh, I will opine that uh, I've mentioned something that was in the Daily Express, and therefore it must be wrong. So, I, I don't know why I've mentioned it. But it then got taken up by um, uh, somebody who has a blue tick against his name as being the truth. I, I can't remember what his name was. Is that twat was... Frank Khalid, mate? That's exactly what it was. Yes, that is actually his real name. That twat Frank Khalid. Is it that goes yeah. together with that TW? It's on his birth certificate, mate. I've seen it. All right, I didn't realise that. Yeah, but um, no, it just it, it. You can imagine that there is that somehow if Rudiger, who we we you mentioned was possibly going to Spurs or or PSG or somewhere, um, uh, isn't going to play again, which is looking on the cards. Um, he's hardly like to likely to be a, a positive setup in the uh, in the dressing room, and. Um, uh, in view of the fact that they are attempting, to, they're bringing all these players in, you would hope that the players are going to be um, sanguine and appreciative of that they're just trying to improve, improve the club. But there's bound to be, of course, 
rumbles of discontent from the players because they're, they're it looks as if they might not be, be be regular first teamers despite having been those in possession like Rudiger. But Rudiger surely must appreciate that towards the end of the season he just played absolutely dreadfully. So, um, um, but yet um, perhaps his ego is such that he can't work in a in a in a in a in a squad setup, squad ethic. But once again, we don't really know what's happening there. But it, there might be a germ of truth in that. Um, similarly, Kepper, um, Kepper is what's happening in his head because, um, for whatever Frank says, we've got somebody in to, to create competition. You know, if Mendy keeps on playing, well, there is no competition. It's just Mendy. So, uh, um, you know, it, it means that it isn't. It isn't all plain sailing in the dressing room, even if we. Um, we re- re- reject the express story. I, ha- I have to say, I mean, you know, I, I, we don't know because we, we're not there. Indeed, but I mean, indeed. you know, this is this is this is a, a narrative that's rumbled along at Chelsea for years and years and years, Mark. And actually, you know, doing our fifty years shows, we've been talking about that kind of stuff in the late eighties and the early nineties. Um, my my view on this is, you know, I think that they've they've picked on the wrong guy here because if. Um, you know, the, there was there was an issue with player power, I think, and managers did get the get the tin tack because of it. But you know, Frank Crap's bigger than any of these guys when it comes to Chelsea, and I think there's only going to be one winner in that. And the other thing I would say, Mark, is that you know I don't want players to be happy that they're not playing, absolutely. But if they really are trying to cause a stink and they don't like it and they want to go, then go because we don't want them there. You know, I, I I want players at Chelsea Football Club who want to play for Chelsea Football Club. If they don't want to want to battle for a place and just want to cause trouble, then fuck off, frankly. No, I'd, I'd agree. Our history, many times over the years, it's happened. You know, Chelsea crisis, you know, is a favoured story of the media. And again, you know, I had a, a catch up with a good friend, Mr. Spackman, yesterday, and we were talking exactly about this item. And, and what Nigel said, which I'd echo as well, he said... It's it's only a story because things aren't going well. You know, you're only hearing rumblings from players because they're not in the team. And he said, if the players are in the team and the team is winning, this story disappears overnight. You know, he said, you didn't have any of this last season when Chelsea was doing well at the start of the season, winning every game. And he said, that's football. He said, like people will moan and complain when they're not in the team and they'll be as happy as Larry when they're in the team and especially if the team is winning. Mm, I think that's an absolutely spot on answer. Now, um, other than that, uh, as I said, we've got uh, you know we've, we, we, we we you know we're basically previewing uh, the Crystal Palace match tomorrow, the twelve thirty kickoff. Uh, another London derby, how utterly delightful! Uh, now, um, one thing we really really liked um, about the Love Sports Show was that Paddy, the producer, would uh, work his nuts off and uh, try and get us an opposition fan. Uh, on to talk about uh, their club and what they thought about it. And, of course, I'm dead against this because it's kind of in my contract that I shouldn't really talk to opposition fans. Jonathan, of course, being the lovely, well-natured chap that he is, would always embrace it. So uh, I've kind of gone with the Jonathan camp on this, and uh, I'm delighted to introduce to the Chelsea Fancast in the Opposition View. The Opposition View. A certain Mr. Chris Hambling from the back of the nest. Chris, how lovely to speak to you again. Oh, isn't it just? Um, been a oh, don't, while. Don't sound so enthusiastic, <laughs> mate. I mean, I know I'm rude, but I mean, <laughs> I'm 
I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm cheekily watching the Palace under 23s whilst talking to you. Well, they, they have go. put me in this mood. Well, there we go. That's dedication for you. I see. I, I knew, I knew we had the right man on the show when we got <laughs> you because you would know all about this. First of all, how are you? Are you well? Yeah, I'm, I'm very well, thanks. Uh, other than trying the the new fad that is the keto diet, and um, wow, yeah, it's um, it's interesting. You get to eat lots of bacon and eggs, which is good. It's good uh, for you, bacon and egg. Very good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. But I have to admit, the uh, the insomnia and the the leg cramps haven't been fun yet. Well, but you know, is that a consequence that of the bacon and egg? Are you saying what the leg cramps and the or is it in the running? <laughs> Do you run as well with it? Uh, running would be extremely generous based on the speed that I do travel. Um, oh, okay, good stuff. But, uh, are are um, the, the Palace under 23s any good? No, <laughs> it's a really short answer to that. We got some uh, some interesting players. We signed a lad uh, from Dundee United called Scott Banks. Um, started last, well, I think it was the January window last season, uh, and sent him out on loan, and he looks a real find. Um, but basically, you know, we've got we've got a mixture of sort of cast offs. It's our first season in the uh, the um, the Cat One League, the the EPL Two. Um, so it's a bit of an awakening for the under 23s. Our younger groups are, you know, a bit more accomplished and have, have won some stuff. But for these guys, you've got a mixture of um, some overage players. Uh, but Nathaniel Klein playing for us today. He's on trial. Um, trying to earn a contract wow playing it right back how about that chris um palace's start to the season is i mean you know really if you look at it just on paper it's it's mixed i mean you lost to everton and you've lost lost to bournemouth um but you've uh you you, you know you beat southampton 1-0 and brilliantly beat uh man united 3-1 but actually i think it's a bit unfair to just look at it like that because i actually thought I, I watched a bit of the uh the palace everton match last week and i thought you were really unlucky i mean that that penalty was just farcical, wasn't it? Absolutely right, it was. I mean, look, you know, I was in danger of me taking over your entire show to talk about that penalty, to be honest. But um, That's what the mute button's for, mate. <laughs> exactly right. Um, but, I mean, look, in terms of performances, the, you know, the Southampton win was actually quite a poor performance, and we, we followed it up with a, a terrible display against Bournemouth, um, although the penalties were entertaining, uh, 11-10. I've never seen anything like that before, um, especially us scoring 10 penalties in a row. Never, ever seen that. I've seen us miss five in a row. Um, but there you go. When they're 27 but, um, at Chelsea a few years ago in, in one of the, uh, the, the, what was that, the, the tournament that the youth were taking part in, um, the, um, was it two seasons ago? I think it just went on and on. I think it went to 26. Am I imagining something here? Jim? No, I think you're right, Jonathan. I, th- oh, I yeah. think yeah, our academy side were involved That's in a... Right. A, a big shootout. I can't remember who they were playing. Good knowledge. Good knowledge. But um, in, in terms of the handball, we, we're all saying the same things. But, you know, for, for me, the fundamental thing about it, the reason it's so frustrating is, yeah, we did play pretty well at a, at a point, I guess, at a push we might deserve. Certainly didn't deserve to win the game, in all honesty. Mm. But but when you're pretty good, though, Everton. He's a very, very good yeah. manager. Yeah, oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, and that you know they they are at the top of the league at the moment for a reason. That their new players have settled really quickly. But bottom line is, if you're if you're penalising players for, you know, the fact that when you move, you move your arms to balance yourself, and you can't understand that that's a concept that happens when human beings move. Mm. You know, it makes a mockery of the game. But yeah, positives from the from the performances so far. Yeah, I mean, I thought you know the United performance was excellent, but uh, you've got, of course, uh, two Chelsea players. Well, actually, three if you include Anholt. But uh, you know, most people will be aware of Gary Cahill, and of course, Mitchy Batshuayi's gone over to you lot mm. on loan. I mean, 
I, and they got I, Ray Lewington as well. And they got Ray Lewington as well. But has he got his kit on yet for them, uh, Mark? I probably think not. Although I, I love Ray Lou. I mean, Gary Cahill. I, I I'll never have a bad word ever said against Gary Cahill because I absolutely love him. Uh, Mitchy Batshuayi is a bit like Marmite for Chelsea supporters, Chris. And we always felt that he was a, he was an absolute genius at being offside, um, deadly from about a yard out. Um, but that was about it, really. He couldn't hold a ball up much. So what have you thought of... I mean, is it a good loan for you? Are you happy to see him there? Yeah, I'm happy to see him there. You know, when you when you consider that if it's not him, it's it's Benteke, you know, as, as another striker option. Well, compared to Benteke, I think that's a fair point. I think. Yeah. But, I mean, look, where we are, Jordan Ayew is playing up top with Wilfred Zaha at the moment. So, so Mishi's not even got in the side as yet, but it will happen. Ayu uh, was our, our player of the year last year with good reason, but ultimately misses a lot of chances. So, in, in that basis, Batshuayi, particularly when we loaned him previously, you know, put chances away. But you're spot on. In terms of the all round game, the sort of stuff that Hodgson asks of his strikers, it does seem quite an odd choice. And I wasn't particularly keen on it because obviously we were trying to do a deal for Conor Gallagher at the time on loan from you. He's mm. ended up at West Brom. And to me, that was a almost a better signing. Yeah. Um, but we've since missed out on Brewster, so it's probably a good idea we did get a striker in. Indeed. Um, of course, Gazza's uh, still... When, when when do you expect him back fit? Because, of course, you know, he, he, he got a hammy, didn't he, right at the end of the yeah. season, last season? Yeah, it's a nasty one, but he's um, he's started full training. Uh, I think it was yesterday he started full training. Um, so we're hopeful, you know, obviously got to get a bit of fitness in those legs. Not playing in the, in the 23s tonight. But so you'd expect probably another week of training, and he and he might feature. But he was absolutely superb for us last year. The only slight problem is that whenever Mamadou Sacco's fit, the two of them can't really play together. They're, it's like it's two leaders next to each other, and they don't seem to gel. But but Cahill, you know how he talks about the game, how he how he talks on the pitch and off the pitch, is just so inspiring. And um, you know I, I love the fact that we've got him and. Um, I just hope he's uh, he's not too damaged by that injury. Mm. I think we made a big error uh, selling him, actually. Uh, well, the whole of the year that he spent not playing for Sarri was just... Um, you can understand he didn't fit into Sarri's plans. Disrespectful, but, mate. But the very fact that we've ended up buying a 36-year-old experienced centre-half from PSG when when Cahill could have, would have been perfect to have played this season is just... Uh, Absurd, isn't it? Really, he is a terrific, terrific player. I think the complaint was they didn't think he was as as quick to play that kind of or, or, or good or the, good with the ball at his feet. Exactly, exactly. You know, he couldn't play five 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 yard short passes back to the goalkeeper like Jorginho can. Yeah, to Jorginho, <laughs> he's playing in a triangle with Jorginho and the goalkeeper. Yeah. That's what you're and he's two years younger. He's two years uh, younger. No, he's he's just nuts. Thirty-four, Gary Cahill. Chris. Yeah. A um, couple of questions before you know before we actually talk about the game tomorrow. Um, you know we've still got a few days left in the transfer window. Zaha is perpetually, you know, looking to move. If you if you kind of look at Palace from the outside in, um, but yet nobody seems to come in for him. Um, what's his future at the club? Because he's clearly really important to you. I mean, he was the man of the match against United, wasn't he? Yeah, he was he was magnificent in that game and, and, and captain for that game as well, um, which was kind of out of the blue, but it, but he definitely responded. Um, look, his his future is he wants to leave Palace for a for a club that's playing in Europe. Um, you know, it's it's a really difficult one because because of the how much he's worth to us. I mean, it's an, it's a bit of a cliche, but you've got to pay what a player's worth to the club that's you know that's got him. 
he's worth so much to us. Um, but he's, you know, you kind of get this feeling he might have missed the boat. He's 28 this year. Um, you know, I remember him breaking break in as a 16-year-old. I can't believe he's 28 this year. But, you know, pl- clubs are, are looking to spend big money on on players with ability, but also with potential and things like resale value. So really someone's got to be almost, you know, at, at top level has got to be desperate. But there's no doubt he has that ability. He should be playing in a with the greatest respect to the club that I love, a better club than Crystal Palace. But me, it's hard a, to see it. Top, top player to me every time I see him. He's a skill. And uh, and I also think he's not he, he's not helped by refs. I think refs think he dives a lot. And so they they uh, they tend to ignore the fact he's been chopped. I, I feel for him, actually. I just think I'm not a great fan of the refs in the Premier League. And I just think that they decide that a player is, uh, is a bit of a diver and they just go with it. And I don't think that's fair at all. Well, I, I think it'll be interesting to see tomorrow whether Rhys James gets him in his pocket again, like he did last year. I'm sure you remember that, Chris. Um, how, how do you think it's going to pan out tomorrow? Well, I think that that's, you know, that's one of the key areas. But I mean, to point out first and foremost, you know, Wilf will be playing central. He won't be, he might drift out to the left. He might drift out to the right, but we've switched to a 4-4-2 this year and it's, it's left us a little bit more open in midfield, but it's, it's making us, it's making it easier for us to create chances. So it'd be really interesting because obviously you've had a bit of a, a you know, a rebuild if you like, and we're, we're looking at that ourselves. And you've obviously got a lot more money than we have to to start investing in players. But I think you'd agree that defensively you've you've struggled this season. So it really is a case of, you know, will we will be at, will we be able to create enough chances and put one of those chances away? And and that could really put you on the back foot. But you know, we're not quite as solid as we we used to be under Roy. We, you know, we do concede a lot of chances, um, and we're often reliant on our on our keeper to keep keep teams out. Really. Um, so I, you know, I think it could be an interesting one. I've predicted defeats for Palace in every game that they've won this year, and every time I change my mind, we end up <laughs> losing. So, you know where I'm going to go with this. But I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a closer battle than than perhaps paper would suggest. I'm I'm inclined to agree with that. Um, you know, we're going to talk about it in a minute ourselves. But uh, I think it. I mean, you know, if the if the if we play like United did and Palace played like they did against United, I think we've got a massive problem. But uh, I'm kind of with you there. I think I think there will be goals, Chris. I have to say that's going to be Chris, the thing. How's the kid from QPR? How's he doing? Easy, because QPR fans, oh, I know, have been raving about him for the last two seasons. They're really disappointed he's gone. Is he playing out on the wing for you? Yeah, so he'll be almost certainly starting wide left because Jeffrey Schlupp is uh, is injured. Um, but so he's basically been having to make do with a little bit of a place on the bench and a, a cameo five or ten minutes here and there, but. You know he's now he's now got a chance to play from from the off. He is an incredible talent. There's something about him. The players all talk about him. They're using words like special talent, and you know it, it is it's his way with the ball. He you know he does just this languid style. It almost it's almost deceiving. You think he's like perhaps a slow player, but he's he's deceptively quick. Not afraid to shoot. Can pick a pass. He's a, he's a real talent, and I think. You know, we'll, we'll see what he's made of against you guys because he's had, you know, a full Premier League start now against Everton, and he'll want to kick on from that. Um, and yeah, keep an eye out for him. So right then, Chris, no colours to the mask. What's the score going to be? I think you nick it two one. All right, fair enough. I take that right now. I've got to be honest, Chris. Good luck with the rest of the season. I suspect we'll try and talk to you again when we uh, when we play you at Selhurst Park. But uh, until then, stay safe and thank you so much for coming on tonight. No worries. Good stuff. Cheers, boys. All the best.
Yeah. Brilliant. That's Chris Hambling there from Back of the Nest, one of our old love sport buddies. I love. I mean, I, I tell you what, mate. In part, back of the part, Nest or Back of the Nest? Back of the Nest, the Eagles' oh, Nest. Clever. The Cle- Eagle- oh, clever. clever. I'm, I'm in the Eagles' Nest here. Oh, I like oh, to you say. You're up in the, you're eerie. You're I am in, in, I'm in my eerie. Talking of yeah. which, an apropos of absolutely nothing, I was listening to Radio 4 this morning as I was waking up, and they had some American woman on there talking about Trump uh, being, um, you know, being stricken with COVID 19. Do you know what she said? She Tell said. Me. She said that Trump is a wire. And I laughed my cock off. I thought, my God, you know, Jonathan was right. So there you go. Anyway, we digress. Uh, Chris Hambling from the Back of the Nest podcast, Crystal Palace podcast, lovely bloke, one of our old love sport mates. Now, it's it's our turn to have a look at all this now. I think first thing is, chaps, who's Frank going to play, Mark? (laughs) Well, I think we know who the goalkeeper's going to be. Yeah. So Mendy in goal. Yeah. Yeah. I would probably say um, if we're at home, Frank probably would more likely play four at the back at home. So I'm going Reese James on the right, Asby on the left. I'm going to go Tamori and I'll go Zuma in the middle. I'm going to go for Havertz in midfield. Uh, I'll go for Mason, uh, Kante. Oh, it's going to get tough up front now. Uh, to play Abraham and Werner, and is Pulisic fit? Or no, well, they, the, Frank he's yeah, on the bench. Yeah, he said he won't start him because he's still not. Yeah, yeah, he's not a hundred percent, but he'll, he'll he'll certainly be on the bench. Yeah. So we bring him yeah. in when we're four 0 up, mate. It'd be fine. Yeah. It is tough, Mark, isn't it? Oh, I mean, room for Mount. Have you got Mount in there? He's got Mount, Mount in there. He's got Mount. Got Mount Canton. I'd like the because Chidge suggested the other day, and I quite liked it when I thought about it. Um, having Havertz in midfield and Mount. So you can either have a Kante or a Kovacic in midfield, holding the middle there, and you've got two blokes in Mount and Havertz who'll be just up and down and actually creating something, you know, in the last part, you know, of the field for our strikers. So, you know, definitely Werner and Abraham. So I don't know whether or not, you know, do I make the three or four in midfield, you know, and bring a Kovacic in, or do I put a Juru up, up front and have Juru, Abraham and and Werner, we go for goals. And then perhaps bring Pulisic on in the second half, you know, and have him playing in a number 10 role. Mm. I think there's going to be goals in this game tomorrow. I, yes, it I. I think I think that it is, it, this is the nub of it. And I think the pro, this is absolutely the problem that Frank has because we don't have enough fit wingers at the moment, which is causing the problem. Because, I, I mean, I know I've been whinnying on about this all week. Well, actually, for more than a week. But I think the best midfield potentially is Havertz, Kante and Mount. We know that Werner can play either centrally or, or, or on the wing. So for me, I would do that. I would have Havertz, Kante and Mount, and I would have Werner, Abraham and Hudson-Odoi because I think that's that's all he can really do at the moment. But the difficulty is, is that, you know, I think we've got a real issue, Jonathan, with, you know, what is Havertz? People moan about, well, what is Mount's best position? But what is Havertz's best position? Indeed, what's his role? What's his, um, you know, we've established we all watched Leverkusen last year and he played everywhere. Um, uh, not, um, uh, yeah, I've no idea where he, where his best position is. He's, he's, he's clearly a class act. Yeah, but he, silky he's, smooth, he's, Jonathan. Yeah, hey, hey, svelte, sveltely, sveltely smooth. Sveltely silky. Run and run. It is all season, mate. All season. <laughs> Unless he has a stinker, then I then then I'll, yeah, indeed, yeah. indeed, yeah. But but you could prone to invisibility. Um, 
no, but it, we, you know, we, I so want him to succeed because he's clearly, you know, having watched videos of him, he's clearly a fabulous player. Not going to fork out 90 million on, on, you know, he's not Chris Sutton or Robert Fleck of our age. He's, he's, it's just a question of, um, uh, of finding an area where he can express himself. Um, and I, I wonder the three goals he scored against, uh, um, um, who did he score him against the other day? Barnsley. Uh, um, Barnsley, three goals he scored. Well, because he was pushing forward so much. Yeah. And I personally would love to play. I think Werner looks great in the middle because he just scares people because he's so quick and he's so strong. And I find him coming in in the wing. You know, it's a bit Gordon Jury-like. It's that kind of angle he comes in on. But I, I think he's wasted there. I think you need wingers there to set him up. So, yeah, Adoy looks like a great... If Adoy's on song, I think Adoy has signs and you just think, actually, yeah, he, if he can just... Dis display that where you know as he did against Barnsley then you know then he's he's a talent but it's that hit and miss quality again that I keep talking about um and at the moment I, I would I, I don't know um I'm not even convinced uh I, mean, I have to have Werner there and I'm not even convinced Abraham should play with him if you're going to have another winger you just play Werner on his own with it with with a doy and, and whether it should be Pulisic but obviously it's not so where does Havertz go if you're playing Kante and you're playing Mount. I mean, personally, I would also play, I think he'll start with Silva. I think he'll play Silva and, um, and Tamori. Has that been that's the combination we haven't had yet? I think we've had Silva and Christensen and we've had, we've had um, Zuma, Zuma and Christensen and, uh, have we had? We haven't had Zoom. We've had Zuma and Silva. Have we had him? I, I, I don't. I don't know. Different I, I... formation every game. Every, every well, game. So yeah. So I think. Well, I'm, let's be. I thought Tamori played well the other night. I thought I he looked really. He looked good. Yeah. You know. So so once again, I still don't get why why everybody was saying oh he's going to be loaned and perhaps they've changed their minds. Perhaps this is one of the problems. Is that in the tra in training they're all they're all playing better yeah. than almost their con one's conceptions at the beginning of the season of what was going to happen. So he's having to adjust and he's thinking, well, I don't know what, all right, I better play him because he, 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 he's very classy. He's a very class centre, centre half and he's, and very quick and very good at intercepting and blocking. And you think, where did, what happened last season? Where did it all go wrong? That, that he, well, he, he did have really injuries and things, but we, we don't know. We don't, I, we I mean, don't know. You know yeah. And I'd like to see Silver and Tamari. But also this other thing I, I, I mentioned, I've mentioned before, is he needs to play Silver on the right, which is the position he played at PSG. Because um, why he plays him on the left the other day, um, when he made that mistake, the, the mistakes against West Brom, that's not his normal position. And he also normally has yeah, somebody... he missed it with his right foot. Yeah, well, that's true. He did as well, but none, nonetheless, I, I'm just thinking. I didn't think he had an all-round great game. Well, he was but, you know, rusty. I mean, you yeah, know. once again, is yes, absolutely. Is <clears throat> what I, I, I suspect he'll play him, but I don't know what on what combination he'll play midfield and and up front. I don't know what it's going to be. Well, I, what I can't understand. I mean, you know, I, I suspect Frank will pick uh, Christensen, but you know, in terms of the. You know, order. I mean, to be fair, actually, he had a decent game, so one shouldn't be hypercritical. But I mean, I, I, I am more. I like Zuma. I have to say, I think, I think Zuma adds a bit of beef in the defence, and I think he, he, you know, he's a hundred percenter, and I, I like him. Uh, I would pick him and him and Zuma. Sorry, him and Silva as my central defenders. But you know, I have a suspicion Frank will, will pick. Um, Christensen to go with Silver. What I would say, I think, Mark, clearly Emerson and Alonso have played themselves completely out of contention. So he's got to start with Aspie on the left, hasn't he? That's yeah. why I went I went for him. I can't I can't see Emerson playing and I'd be absolutely stunned if Alonso... Chilwell, of course. Well, I think Chilwell, I think what we were saying earlier, I think he's easing Chilwell in gradually. 
Yeah. So I think if Chilwell started, would he necessarily finish? You know, so I think far better. Let, let Chilwell get 100% fit and then sort of, you know, make that left-back spot his own. So I'd start with Asby. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. I did, I did enjoy a, the brief bit that we saw of Chilwell. Yeah, me he too. He, he yeah, curls the ball. Chilwell. Yeah, he curls the ball in beautifully in the same way that Reese James does. It's that kind of, that attacking, that, that there's a tail to the ball that comes in that is really sets up a striker. It's somebody coming in on it, which is a side of him that I, I, I hadn't appreciated very much. So I was impressed. Um, Good stuff. All right. How do you think it's going to pan out, Mark? I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, I think we'll either win 3-2 or 4-3. Yeah, we don't seem we just don't seem capable of keeping people out. Although Mendy starting might, you know, he's had one game under his belt now, so still he won't be used to the defence, though. I mean... <laughs> I think if it's 3-2 then, you know, if Mendy plays, Palace will have two penalties because he, was, he wasn't very good at the penalties the other night. Oh, there was, there, yes, well, there was that, wasn't there? There was that. <laughs> So Mark's going for three two or four three. J.K., how do you think it's going to pan out? I think we're going to lose three two. You're so optimistic, aren't you? No, excuse me. I'm normally the opposite. I just felt that I get it so wrong all the time. I thought I'd go for another one now. Going reverse psychology this week. Yeah, exactly. So we're yeah. going to lose three two. All right. Well, I'm I'm going to. I'm. Do you know what? I'm sod it all. I'm going to go positive this week. I'm going to say three one. All right. I'm going to go for it. Three one. So why not? Let's hope uh, they do it. And by the way, uh, quickly before we disappear, have you done your Prem predictions for this week yet, boys? Yes. That's my next thing to do after this. Okay. Yeah, I've got to do... Go on, go on, mate. so bad. I was so bad last week that I can only improve. So. uh, Well, this is true. I've I've thought about it a bit more. Well, you and me both, JK. I am languishing in the relegation zone at the moment, although thankfully I'm above you, but uh, I'm not doing... I'm minus minus 40, aren't I? I think you improved slightly after the the Liverpool-Arsenal game, but uh, we're not doing very well. Mark's mid-table. He's doing better than we are. Uh, yeah, for, I'm Palace at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Look for everybody, everybody else out there uh, who, who listens to the Chelsea fancast and who's joined the Prem Predictions League. Don't forget to get on it and get them in before kickoff tomorrow. And good luck as ever. Uh, and hope you're all enjoying it. I mean, I do still intend at some stage to have a a Discord group for us all, so we can have a bit of nattering during the games and things. But uh, I'm a busy boy, so I haven't had time to do it this week, but I will do it. Um, Enjoy the game tomorrow, everybody. Uh, Thank you for listening, uh, particularly the people who are with us in Mixler. Uh, Mark, enjoy the game tomorrow and the rest of the weekend. Thank you, Chidge. And you, JK. Thank you, Mark. JK, uh, have a lovely day tomorrow. Enjoy the game. Don't get too upset. Don't say silly things on Twitter if we lose. (laughs) His face. Me, me, me. As if you would, I know. You're the, actually, you know, quite often, you know, this goes under the wire. Actually, quite often, you're the voice of reason and sense on Twitter. Thank you. You know, no, I, I have noticed this. Sometimes you're not. Yeah. Sometimes you are. I yeah. mean, you know, I, I try and, I try and uh, it's avoid like, it. No, it's a bit like, um, kind of, uh, you know, uh, kind of that kind of mental training that. Uh, that David Carradine used to do in Kung Fu. Remember the Kung Fu program oh, yes. in the 70s? Grasshopper. Yeah, Grasshopper. that's right. I, I kind of treat it a bit like that. It's like mental discipline to stay away. D- don't say what I really think on there. Don't react to some of the stupidity. on. I tell you what, the number of times I've written replies to tweets and then deleted them. <laughs> so 
it is. It's like mental discipline. So there you go. Right, well, we got, got. I just found that a good point, and I think we just finish on that note because we talked about Woody earlier, mm. and I think that's a classic case in point also about Woody as well. As actually, we've only got one life. Life is very short. Why waste your life going on Twitter saying negative things about Mason Mount? You know, yeah, yeah. Why, why, why bother? Just be positive, you know, because you don't know how long you've got. Get behind the team. Think positive about Frank. Think positive about Mason, and think positive about Chelsea for the rest of the season. You know, don't waste your life being negative. Yeah, yeah quite right. That's a good point. Well, to end. Woody never did. Woody lived his life. He yeah. did. He did indeed. He packed a lot into a short life. And I think that's a good note to end on. Rest in good peace. Woody. Rest in peace, Woody. Keep the blue flag flying high wherever you are. And uh, everybody out there, uh, cling on to that. Give your loved ones a hug tonight and stay safe. We will see you again on Monday. Look forward to it. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.